Welcome to our third part on biblical leadership. Last week, I mentioned that a biblical leader is a leader that builds. A biblical leader is a leader that is watchful, and a biblical leader is a leader that provides. Today, we're going to be very practical. What are some of the practices that leaders do? Why is biblical leadership not all talk but action? Again, Jesus was the example of a practical leader. He puts his teachings to real life doing in action. His very life was practical when he actually died for all of our sins. He even said, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So another verse says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Jesus walked the talk. Jesus practiced what he preached. There's nothing in his word that is not consistent with his actions. Which brings me to our first point. A biblical leader is a leader that is consistent. There's a saying, it's more caught than taught. There are things that we teach others to our children, to our coworkers, that they will never learn unless we actually do it with them or show it to them or show others how it is done. You know, it's not leaders directing people, but it's leaders saying, instead of you go do this, leader would say, let's do it together. Impartation is when people follow you because you actually demonstrated it to them. Instead of just telling them uh, this, uh, you know, what to do, you tell them this is how it's done. Does that make sense? If parents were to tell their children not to curse, for example, and you keep cursing, one is you're not, you're not true to your word. Second, you're violating what you are teaching. And third, they will follow what you do and not what you tell them to do. <laughs> I've learned from my experience. If there are inconsistencies with your words and your actions, people will get confused. Integrity is when your words are consistent with your deeds. A biblical leader is a leader with integrity. That's where the root word integer or being one came from. Your words and your deeds are one. Their authority is only as good as they are consistent. People follow a leader that is consistent. Imagine if God wasn't consistent. Think about this. What if God decided to move the sun a foot closer to the earth? Just a foot closer. I guess we will all be fried, right? <laughs> what if God decides to move the sun a foot away from the earth? I'll probably be frozen. Aren't you glad God is just consistently leaving it there the way it is? And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know, it's hard to imagine a God that can make sure that all the planets are staying in their proper position all the time, all throughout the year. Imagine when you wake up in the morning and it's still dark. What if it never, you know, the sun didn't rise? Or what if the sun never sets and it's always daytime? It's hard to imagine, right? And imagine if any of the stars and the planets didn't stay there. 
oh my gosh, you'll probably be dead by right, right now, right? What would happen? I'm so glad Jesus is consistent. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and forever and ever and all of eternity. He is the same. Okay, I, I'm glad he's the same way. What if God keeps changing his mind? What if he says no and he means yes, or yes and he means no, or he's flimsy with his word, or he promises something and he doesn't do it? You know, in Matthew 5, 37, it says, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Whatever is more than these is of the evil one. It's not from God. Can you imagine you say yes and you mean no? A biblical leader is a person of consistency and integrity. His yes is a yes and his no is a no. Again, many are guilty of this. When we do this, we become inconsistent. You know, I, I've had friends that are saying, are you coming to the group tonight? Yes. And they don't show up. In fact, when they said yes, they really didn't decide to go. They just, you know, trying to say yes and they weren't, they weren't planning to go. You see, you promise your friend, I'm going to do this for you, and you don't. Again, the Bible says, be slow to speak. Don't make promises you can't fulfill. I don't, I don't like that. Sometimes it's because I was wondering why people do that. Again, it's the man-pleasing attitude of some, of some people. I, from, probably, I, you know, I grew up, to be honest, I, when, I, when I say I'm going to be there, I'll be there. And I don't try to man-please Okay, because it's not, it will destroy the consistency and it will destroy your integrity. My mistake sometimes is when I say, hey, I'll treat you out to that place and I forget. It's not because I didn't want it, because I forget. The mere fact that I forgot, I still didn't do it, right? I'm learning. God is a promise keeper. When he says it, it will be done. So that's another thing about being, biblical leadership. My next practical point is this. A biblical leader is a leader that submits to the Lord's authority. I have to repeat that. A biblical leader is a leader that submits to the Lord's authority. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercies shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't you just love that verse? My next practical point is this. The Lord is our shepherd, right? Okay, the Lord is our good shepherd. Even the apostle Paul mentioned that. Follow my example rather as I follow the example of Christ. The prerequisite to being a biblical leader is to follow and to submit to the Lord's authority first. Part of Submitting to God is submitting to the authorities God has appointed. Huh, that's easier said than done, right? Again, if the leaders, of course, authorities tell you to do something that's not godly, of course, you don't have to do that. 
But in general, we have to submit to the authorities God has appointed. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your soul as those who will have to give an account. They're going to give an account to God, by the way. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Wow, we're going to be accountable if we don't submit to the authority that God has instituted. The Lord was David's shepherd when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. It was a very personal statement by the author, David, King David, the shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Question really is, we know that the Lord is David's shepherd, but is the Lord your shepherd too? As the good shepherd, he will lead you beside still waters. Man, I love a shepherd who will lead me beside still waters. Have you felt that when God leads you to still waters? Peace, tranquility, blissful. He will restore your soul. Man, we need, I need restoration every day. Sometimes the world just hits on you left and right, right? And there are moments in your life that are sometimes during the week and you just have to allow God to restore your soul, bring it back, strengthen your soul. He will also lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, I love that. I can walk in a path that is righteous. Even though you walk through the valley, uh, the shadow of the valley, uh, sorry, even you, if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, rather, you will fear no evil. Ha! Huh. Have you walked through the valley of the shadow of death? I have. There are times in my life that is very dark. There are seasons in our lives where we walk through that, that valley. But he said that we will have no fear because he is with us. His rod and his staff, they will comfort you. Oh, hmm. Have you experienced the discipline of God? Have you experienced his staff directing you to a certain direction? And sometimes you didn't like it, but you realize after a while, it was the right path to take. And eventually it brings you comfort. Sometimes his timing is so different and we want it this way, but he wants it a different way. His rod and his staff. Eventually, they will comfort you. He goes on to say, He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Oh, wow. Even if all these guys are attacking you, you stand firm. You will be seated in a table. Okay, he will prepare a table before you. Even in front of them, you can actually be sitting there with God. And he will anoint your head with oil. Man, this, this verse is, is power-packed. Anoint your head with oil. Have you fe felt the anointing of God in your life? Where you know and you know that God is with you. And then your cup will overflow. Your cup overflows. You know what that means? If there's a cup and it overflows, it just keeps, it, just, it never runs dry. It just keeps going. 
your cup over. I've experienced that where there's love, there's joy, there's peace. Somebody comes to me and says, you know, Pastor Jay, how come you never get tired of ministering to people and loving on people? Well, physically, I do get tired, by the way. But to love on people, as long as I'm connected with God or to God, I don't run dry because I'm not, you know, I'm not drawing from my limited self. I'm drawing from God. And it flows to me, to my family, to my neighbors, to a whole city. It's never ending when you make him your shepherd. Again, how do you get all of this? What is the prerequisite to having all of these things? The prerequisite is when you make him your shepherd, when you submit to his lordship and authority. And my last point, a biblical leader is a leader that communicates. For God speaks <clears throat> in one way, and in two, though man does not perceive it, in a dream and a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warning that he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. And he keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. I like this verse in particular because, to be honest with you, God's been sleeping to me a lot during my slumber or when I'm you know, uh, I, in a vision at night and when I'm asleep, <clears throat> sleep, uh, he talks to us in our dreams. And I just, I just enjoy it because he warns us. He wants to make sure that we're safe. He wants to protect us from perishing from the sword. So he speaks in so many various ways. As a leader, he never stops communicating to us. Leaders should be in the same page with God and the people they're around with and the people they're shepherding. Being on the same page is so important, and it's so practical. There's power in being on the same page, and there's power in agreement. But it all begins with talking and communicating with one another. As a leader of the home, we have to communicate with our spouses. We have to be on the same page with them, so we will be in agreement. At our workplace, there has to be a semblance of being on the same page, so we could understand one another and be more productive. This is why biblical leadership, in a practical sense, should be leaders that know how to communicate. While communicating is needed, it's also a skill that can be developed. Let me say that again, communication skills can be developed. So we don't have the excuse of saying, you know, I wasn't raised that way. My family, we don't talk to each other a lot. It's something that you can learn and you can start doing. Again, it may be uncomfortable at the beginning, but it can be learned. There's no great leader that don't know how to communicate, whether it be the leader of the home or in ministry or in the workplace. I know of, very, of some friends who are very soft-spoken. They're very quiet. But when they got to know God, oh, they never stopped sharing the word or the good news to people. They become so vocal and they learn how to communicate. It's when it's burning in your heart, you can't avoid talking and expressing yourself, whether it be positive or negative. Leaders should communicate. So to summarize, a biblical leader is a leader that's consistent, the leader that submits to the Lord's authority, and the leader that communicates. My final tip. What do you notice with all three points? A leader that is consistent, a leader that submits to the Lord's authority, 
and a leader that communicates. All three points is basically saying this, pray consistently to God every morning. Prayer is communication. Doing it regularly means consistent. Making God your the authority of your life is connecting to the authority. Pray consistently to God every morning. <music> 